But Luca, is he there? Oh, uh, you do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Every time, go. mate, we're there so we go. good at this. I was like I just trying say, to turn off Spotify, but then I clicked on the wrong layout on my Twitch, and I'm like, oh no. Can I just say that we are like top fucking tier content creators? Oh yeah, absolutely, Carl. Completely like, on it. Have we ever, ever ran anything? And I include the channel in this when I say this. Like, well, where something hasn't gone wrong. Oh, I thought you was gonna say, you know, have we ever done anything wrong? And I was gonna say, no, Carl, never, never ever. No, oh. Not the sarcasm, but I'm legit. If we, I don't think there's ever been a single recording session where there's not one thing gone wrong. Uh, I'm sure there's been like sometimes where things go smoothly, but no, you know that's not as uh, like as interesting to talk about, is it? But uh, yeah, welcome to what episode are we on now? Uh, so there we like, go. Luke wrong, off, something on. wrong again, Carl. Straight away, come on, you got one job. I know, I know. I mean, technically, well, you're the host. Yeah, but you're the person who like uploads these. <laughs> Uh, there we go, 84. 84? Fucking hell, we've been doing this for a while now, haven't we? So yeah, um, to everyone listening at home, um, uh, you know, when your devices are on your jog, uh, look out behind you as a spider. And to everyone watching at home on Twitch, um, yeah, welcome. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate yeah, thank it. thank you. I don't know why people like watching us do this, but they apparently do, so. I'm going to, you know, for audio listeners, it might come out on my Discord, but... Oh, Is it what? There we go. You might, it might, might come out, what did you do? Pepsi oh, Max. I was gonna say, cause like, it cut out for me. I was gonna say, what? like, like the Discord and the um, the like uh, OBS as well will just cut that out probably, and no one will be able to hear it. But on the audio version, they will come. There we go. So we gotta do something for them every now and then. <laughs> we do, don't we? Because I feel so bad for the people who listen to stuff. It's like, whoa, so much stuff happens if you watch this stuff live. By which I mean, not very much at all. Not very much at all. No, you can see so us you- sipping a drink every now and then. I know, I was going to say that. So how you been? Speaking of which, sipping a drink, speaking of relaxing, chillaxing. Uh, yeah, it's been good because I've had a, a a week of chillaxing, haven't I? You have, yeah. So what happened with that? Why did you abandon us for a week, Lucas? Because uh, it was my girlfriend Jenna's birthday and our tradition... Bastard. Yeah, as tradition is just every time either of us have a birthday, we both book the solid week off and just... Take time to either, you know, relax, go on holiday, meet up with friends, blah, blah, blah. So not done all that this year then, yeah? Uh, we met up with, like, my, my family once. We met up with, like, a couple of friends over the weekend and stuff like that. So, you know, a bit oh, of yeah. online um, socialising, a bit of actual real offline, real-life socialising for the first time in a long time. Yeah, because people are now starting to, able, like, finally meet up in person and just... Is that a weird thing though? Where because I remember when you announced this, mm. um, because I think it was right up until the day of Monday of the week you were planning to take off, when we still had tentative plans to maybe stream, maybe do something. Yeah. Online, and I think you just sent a message to the group of "fuck it, I'm taking a week off," and we yeah. were like, "Yeah, that's fine, mate." It's one of those of um, the last couple of times I've taken time off, I've still streamed, and I've noticed that it doesn't feel as much like time off because I know I've got like that schedule to, to stick to and it's like oh i've still got monday wednesday friday nights i've got to be like working i've got to be doing something it occupies my mental space a bit too much for like feeling like it's time off it's a properly unwind and i noticed mm. that when you posted it on um, uh, social media twitter i think yeah it was uh yeah um I'm, I'm taking the week off i know it's going to affect my analytics and the fact that you now have to consider that when taking a week off that it's is the those, like, downside but it's also you know Considering the jump from, say, where it's like I'm working as a waiter at Nando's and like yeah. I can literally walk out that door on, say, like the Friday from when I've booked off 
not think about anything until I just come back in a week and a half later and just go, oh, hey, guys, what's up? Whereas now it is, I do have to worry about stuff, but that is, you know, the, the art and the joy it and is, yeah. the, the, the good and the bad of being self-employed, isn't it? But it's one of those weird things I can, uh, I guess we've talked before about things sneaking up on you. Like, that's something that happens to you in, like, just the fact you even went through that thought process. Mm. Like, how, how did that, um, uh, like, dawn on you? Or, like, what did you feel? What, was it like morning where you finally said, you know what, I'm taking the proper week off. I'm um, taking the week off. Fuck this. Like, what is it that made you realise that? Like, is it you just sat down and went, no, fuck this. It was kind of like I was thinking about it and going, right, okay, well, the first thing that sprung to my mind was, like, Jenna's birthday was on the Thursday and I streamed, like, late on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, okay, well, that means that for Jenna's, like, you know, surprising her with stuff, I've got to, like, prepare the surprise like early in the morning after doing a late stream which then means mm-hmm. i've got to like think about trying to get to sleep straight after a stream blah blah, blah. the moment i started thinking about like having to work my week off around streaming i was like why You're am like, i doing Fuck this? this yeah why like i'm not a full-time streamer or anything i'm sure the decision is way more difficult for for those content creators because yeah their entire like income is based off this but this is yeah like a kind of ancillary thing I do on the side from working on Fat Fiend just to try and build up my own brand. It's not my current full-time job or anything. So it does make the decision yeah. a lot easier. But just like that thought, like the fact it even happened, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that you had to decide. And I just like the idea of you waking up all morning going, no, not today. You know what? Not to fucking day. Yeah, pretty much. And I, I honestly felt so much better for doing it. And I... I really kind of like want to encourage anybody that is doing this kind of thing to make sure you do try and take time off and you know i saying this as i'm speaking to carl person yes. who never likes to fully take time off i never take my i'm working right now because someone in chat uh, is like uh, oh hey carl um that copy that image you used in today's thumbnail is copyrighted, and I know that's something we mentioned in the video itself. Hmm. So if it is, I'm going to go change. So we're going to now while we're talking, I'm going to live change the thumbnail to a video. Oh really? But that's, but that's only if I can bring up um, the photo editor that I use. Uh, what video is it? Um, the one about SCP. Do you know that weird like the poo SCP? I, I don't know much about SCP, but I presume that's the Fat Fiend video that went live today, yeah? Yeah, the Fat Fiend video. Apparently that image is um, copyrighted. So you know what? I can just fix that right now. Okay. So uh, do I... I think I've got, like, thumbnails pre-made. Yeah, I've got thumbnails for my own personal channel pre-made, so let's uh, fix that. And then SCP, Containment, Breach. Let's just get a photo of that, shall we? No one can see this, but I'm going to do it live in the background. Yeah, hell yeah. But um... I'm going to do this shit live. Like, where's the spooky monster from that? Yeah, I, I really know nothing about SCP other than, like, I remember you saying, oh, I've recorded an SP, SCP uh, Wiki Weekends with Nisha, and I was like, oh, cool, and then I saw the video go um, go up, like, scheduled a, a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, right, yeah, yeah, like, there's yeah. Um, there's that SCP video. Other than that, I don't know anything about it, other than Nisha's apparently scared of playing an SCP yeah. game. The only, thing I, the only thing I really know about it is it's... Like, uh, just people will not shut the fuck up about telling us to talk about SCP. Oh, cool. It's I mean, like, oh, I guess it, you did. This thing, this thing they already know about, though. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what's the title Brad used? Let's have a look. So, the things that are going to be good um, is too scary for Nisha. So, SCP um, Nisha <laughs> is too 
scared for this game. So yeah, welcome all of uh, the people listening and watching live. Thank you for yeah. uh, for sticking with us. But I hope I hope that is JPEG size. Yeah, six forty by three sixty is um, typical JPEG size. Yes, or oh, typical thumbnail size for YouTube. Thumb. I just I default so. it to ten eighty p and let it scale itself down. Okay, so I'm just going to go with this now. This is happening live. So if anyone's actually listening to this live, if you want to just go, like, go like boot up this video now, go to the main channel, and you'll be able to see the um, uh, the headline or the uh, the header image get changed. And then what I'll do is I'll, after we've done this, I'll tell Brad to change it. Yeah, yeah. I like, know that one of give those Give it a quick things, temporary change to make sure nothing bad happens, and then... I, I just aware that some as- one aspect of that um, uh, that mythos, that like online thing, is copyrighted by a- an artist who's real, real fucking mad. Right. And the dude is just like, he copyright strikes everyone who uses it. It's like, I'm not taking that risk if it's on the thumbnail. If it's somebody it, that's notorious for it, it's like, yeah, it's not worth the time. Just Especially take it down. It looks like that, so far, that video is doing quite well in terms of analytics, so it's not worth causing any like fuss over it. And it's, Yeah, it's so what I've done is I've just... I've just replaced the thumbnail right now. So yeah, uh, you know, this is what it's like behind the scenes, I guess. This is like a, a podcast live stream uh, look at what happens sometimes. Well, that's the one. It's um, uh, one of the things that happens like, even on days off. Like today, I was thinking, oh, I've got a couple hours before I, I record with you. Mm-hmm. And I go onto my phone and I've got like 15 fucking emails. Like, oh, what's this? Yeah, and I go, oh, and it's an email thread between uh, Jordan, who appeared on the podcast a while ago, mm-hmm. and um, some guys from the Modern Rogue, um, who I did a collaboration with last week while you oh, were okay. here. And um, it's just them. Oh yeah, Carl, we need you to post all the footage you record, like eighty-five fucking giga footage. It's like mm. okay, we want it all loaded. We're gonna try and edit it by Friday. I'm like, fuck, so I need to do it now. Yeah. Here's a Dropbox links. Click onto Dropbox. <sighs> you need to make a Dropbox account. Make a Dropbox account. Go onto their thing. Try and upload these things. You can only upload two gig to your own Dropbox. It's not my Dropbox, so it's their site. So I go to like the Google Drive that we have. Oh, it's like there's not, there's only like 30, 40 gig free on this. What videos have been downloaded? Oh, well, these mm. haven't been uploaded yet, but Brad says that he's got the footage, so I'll download that, upload this, send that link to Jordan. Jordan's got, a, and then I'm like liaising with three people through that. Mm. And by the time I look at my phone, it's like half six. I'm like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I was going to take like an hour off and just watch some TV. Yeah, and um, like, I, uh... I guess like a a bit of like an easier version of that. The same happened to me, or a similar thing happened to me, where um, I just took took the week off. But uh, Nisha had some time off recently, like so yeah. PC broke. Uh, yeah. So it was basically just you know you and I doing the the base of the recording sessions. Uh, so pretty much every time there's a video uploaded right now, my audio needs to get uploaded with it. Which is like, even if you were taking a week off, it's like, um, uh, what was it now? There was just an edit for a uh, cracked crossover video mm. that you did on your week off. So even when you took your week off and you committed to not doing anything on that week off, you still did some work because you realised, oh, fuck's sake. That yeah. that one was on me, though, because I said to myself, I'll download that. It's a relatively quick and easy edit. I'll do it on the Friday. Didn't do it on the Friday. But if then that means I'm then off... It's like, well, that's over a week where Cracked are just sitting there waiting for that footage to get back to them. Yeah, and that's what they did with me where when I was recording with the guys from the Modern Rogue, um, mm-hmm. I, the I've had to move around the entire layout of the Factory office because normally I'd stand in front of a green screen. That's like, you know, I'll think it's been nothing for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted me to be sat down. I went, can you just sit on a desk? I, went, I can. 
I don't have a desk where the camera's pointed at it, and then I had to sync a camera on my own to this like format oh, we've God, never yeah. used before, and then put the green screen behind it. And then when we got into record this week for me and you, it was like, oh, I'm not fucking moving it all back. On your own as well, yeah. On my own, yeah. So like, and then next setting couple... it back up with the camera, and yeah, it's a ball. If they want to do more, because that's what happened, is they called me after we did the two that we were scheduled to do, and went, well, we're having fun doing this, and we're all set up. Um, let's just keep recording them. So I just sat mm. there. I was in till, the office till about nine. Oh, bloody hell. Just recording with them. But because it's just me on my own, every time on my foot, I had to keep switching over all my uh, uh, my camera f- um, memory cards, all mm. of my um, like keeping everything charged because I've got like you know batteries on charge. So I had to keep changing over on my lovely air mic. I had to make sure everything was synced up. I had to keep switching t-shirts so that they could like know discern between the videos that you're in. Yeah, yeah. I had to sync up our audio, and it was an absolute ball ache. And for them, because it was like in America, they started their day about ten o'clock mm. in the morning. And I was there from about four o'clock getting set up with their setup guy because they've got like a full professional studio. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. So I was only recording for like three hours from six, but I was there from four. So I was there for like five hours, six hours just on a fucking phone call mm-hmm. with headphones in. It's like, God damn it. Yeah. But I, like, I do it because I love it. I mean, it, that, that's the kind of thing that obviously it's a lot harder because we're, we're in lockdown at the moment and you're the only one at the office and... Mm-hmm. It's not like you could have another person come in and be like, let's let's do a night of like recording with these guys. You can be yeah. behind the scenes helping me set up and configure all like you know, as you say, like the memory cards and the camera and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna tweet out about that thing because I just made it. But yeah, I just made a video. Joe, I just not edit that video. You know what, Luke? Let's do more work. Let's do double work and tweet <laughs> out about it. Um, and that way, yeah, maybe like, Nisha will see it. I I had that moment where it's like halfway through the week and. Brad, like, being very polite, was like, uh, I don't suppose you could get, like, the audio that's needed for, like, these current videos. Like, yeah. I know you're on your week off, but, like, I could really I could really do with the audio. I was like, Brad, like, don't be so nice. I was like, yeah. you literally need my audio to work, like, to earn your money and get fucking videos out. I was like, I don't mind jumping on a PC for five minutes to upload a bit of audio. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm glad that, obviously, we work with a, a bunch of people and we all treat each other well and that part. I was like, yeah. Just be, just send me a message like in the future, and just be like, "I need your audio, please." Like, I don't have anything to work on. It's like, yeah. I'm not just gonna tell him, "Sorry, mate, that five minutes, I'm on my week off. You have to wait a week to edit anything." It's like, it's like that's just not the reality of how work works now. Except not. for if you run a company now, like mm. have you seen? Like some of my favorite headlines over the past couple of months have been just um, established companies and um, just institutions pulling their hair out because people just like no you know what fuck it i don't need to work like this anymore and a headline that absolutely put me on my ass a while ago was um uh, i see if i can remember it exactly it's um uh, employees are ghosting employers and they <laughs> fucking hate it and what it is is like do you remember like you know back in the day you like go apply for a job you yeah. go in you wait and then you never hear anything back mm-hmm. um now it, the shoe is very much on the other foot because a lot of companies um, are like scrambling for people to work for them. He's, he's now very much like um, uh, a, a, not a buyer's market, as it were, um, but like, you know, the closest analog. I, can, I can't think of an analog. I, I get what you yeah. mean. Like in, It's been flipped on its foot. Like Instead of there being an abundance of um, people applying for jobs, people applying for a, jobs a, and the lack of jobs, it's the other yeah. way around. Yeah. There's an abundance of jobs that people can apply for, and they're able now to like, pick and choose what they want to do. And this has resulted in just companies and like managers and stuff just writing these really long annoyed, like annoyed screeds of I can't believe how unprofessional people are. Like, it's common courtesy if you apply for a job to follow up with an email afterwards. 
they're it's not like, responding to our emails. It's like, well, yeah, I, it's annoying I, that, isn't it? I wonder yeah. what that's like. I can't imagine what that's like. I've probably, I'd say I've maybe been to, in the realm of maybe like 50 job interviews mm-hmm. over my period of life. I've never once had an email or a message or a call of being rejected. And even when I followed up, um, when like, you know, I've been really interested in the job, um, Oh, no, it was one time. Yeah, I've never really got any response. Even when I've gone back to them and been like, all I want is some feedback, like, please. Yeah. Like, literally one time I got an email like, look, we we really enjoyed, like, your interview. We thought you were great, but someone had a bit more experience. We'll keep you on our shortlist. And that was the only one time I've had anything back. As I say, maybe after, like, 50-plus interviews. And that is not a store. And that is probably a store people are going to be very familiar with. Like, um, that's not going to be, like, you know, out of, like, the realm of what people's, like, everyday experience with jobs. Except for right now, where I think we talked a couple of podcasts ago, of like, oh, yeah, companies are now, like, floundering. Like, you need to come back to the office. And I was like, but why, though? Yeah. Why do we need to go back to the office? It's like, this study from the 1970s says, like, that's 50 years ago. What studies from now? Because the only thing I've really seen is that I've been working from home and been fucking loving it, and your productivity <laughs> hasn't gone down. Yeah, and obviously there was, um, there's, you know, I keep a close eye on the the video game like news sites and stuff, and there's been a lot of like delays over the past year. But a lot of that is because of finding how to work remotely, and now that that difficulty is done, like productivity is back up. It was that initial struggle to yep. transition out of nowhere without real warning. Well, now that was the problem for most companies, yeah. It's fairly seamless for a lot of people. The one that I like is another one of those headlines that says everything you need to say, and it's like, um, uh, people are um, uh, having sex, napping, and working on side hustles during working from home. This is a problem. And it's like, no, it's fucking not. If I can do my job, plow my missus, have a nap, and, and like, you know, do a second job during your work hours... That's on me. That just means I'm a fucking good worker. If I'm doing exactly what's required of me in a lot of time, and I have enough time left over to spend with, like, you know, doing what I want, mm-hmm. how is that an issue? If the work gets done, why do you care? Yeah, and um, an interesting one that came up with um, with like Jenna's work recently was like they got given a few days off over the summer. Like, in a, they've been warned in advance, like over the summer you're going to get a few days off, and it's mm-hmm. basically to to try and help prevent burnout because so few people are actually taking holidays. I'm like, oh, yeah, like look, Charlie we really need to, like, to yeah. like make people take holidays and encourage people to take holidays. And they've given them like a few free days off that's not getting taken out of their allowance, but in hopes that, you know, people might book more time off around it. Yeah, so oh, I've got three free days. So I'm about to like take, you know, a couple of my other free days off and take a week off. So yeah. I think that's what I'm going to make Charlie anyway. It's like, they were telling him, you need to take a week off. He's like, I don't want to because I'm just going to spend it sat at home, which is what I do anyway. Yeah, exactly. But it's at the same time, you can view it that way. But I get that, yeah, a year plus of just constantly working and not taking a break other than maybe like a holiday like Christmas, for example. Yeah. Um, it, it can really be a, a position to put you in burnout, yeah. But it's just really funny of like the, the, that one of um, employees are ghosting employers and they really don't like it. It's like, how the fuck do you think we felt all those years? And like, the like, one, like oh, seen, shoes on the other foot now, is it? Like the uh, the push for the fifteen dollar minimum wage, mm-hmm. um, where there's a really really great um, story about that where it's a uh, it doesn't really seem like we're going to need national legislation. 
to push this through as the norm because so many companies you've probably seen those signs floating around the internet like the front of supermarkets and stuff like we have no staff no one turned up for work mm-hmm. and then i try to frame it as it's the employee's problem for not turning up for less than they can earn on unemployment it's like well if i can earn more not exposing myself and risking my life or exposing myself to a pandemic and risking my life how is that my fault and I think one of my favourite ones of those posts, it looked like it was like um, a drive through for maybe a McDonald's or something like that, a takeaway yeah. establishment. And um, it was just on the on the like speaker, uh, just please bear with our staff who managed to actually show up today. Uh, many people decided to like go see a big tall vampire lady instead. <laughs> it's just because Resident Evil 8 came out and everyone was like, you know what? It's not fucking worth it. It's not worth like $8 an hour to do this. Mm-hmm. And the pushback to it has been so hilarious because you always get, and I, I can only believe, like, it's like a lot of politicians, the ones saying stuff like this, of, um, well, back in my day, I earned $3 an hour. And I have to believe that someone in the position of like being a politician is smart enough to understand the concept of interest. You would like to think. Oh, sorry, not interest, um, inflation. Inflation, They're smart yeah. enough to understand the concepts of inflation, but they don't think that their um, base is smart enough to understand that. And it's like, you always see when they're, oh, I work for $3 an hour um, when I was like 16. Why do they need 15? And then it's worked out of well, $3 back when you were working has the equivalent buying power of like $25 an hour now. I was going to say, yeah. Like, what could you do with that $3 though compared but to what I... you could do with $3 say, where you can't buy a cup of coffee with that? Yeah, but they think that, um, presumably they know that their base is not smart enough to realize. It's the same thing with their taxes. Mm. Like, trying to explain um, uh, the tax system to people where I have met smart people, people mm-hmm. I know went to university who still think that um, the tax rate, if it goes over like, Joe, oh, you get taxed more over 50 grand. Well, if I take this promotion, I'm going to lose money because I'm going to get taxed on that. It's like, that's not how it works. That's well, not... How it's ever worked, you are a moron. I remember, like, we had a friend who was like asking us, "Should I take a promotion in work? Because I'll go over that pay threshold, and that means I'll be paying like forty percent tax on all of my money, and I'll lose money." And it's like, no, no, you pay forty percent tax on the bit of money that you'll earn over that cap, and then it drops down into the other tiers. Yeah, like that's how tax works and we couldn't convince him and he's like mm-hmm. no because i know someone who lost money by getting promotions like that's never happened ever <laughs> in the history of anything because why the fuck would your boss work for the ways that they do mm-hmm. and it is but- it's one of those of just because people have been brought up not really getting taught about tax it's like a very simple thing that can be misconstrued very easily like and oh, well, I just get told, if I earn this amount, I pay this much tax. Well, they just know, yeah, if I earn 50 grand, I've got to pay like 25% tax, which means mm-hmm. I only earn 40 grand, because 25% of like 38, yeah, 25% yeah. will get taken straight off me. It's like, that's not how it works. But, but trying to explain that's, that, that's yeah. really difficult to explain to someone who has it in their head. This is the simple way that it works. Mm-hmm. It's not how reason. it's spelled out on a piece of paper, but yeah. There's a reason millionaires pay no tax. Well, because they use fucking like tax havens and shit like that, but that's not the same story. Yeah, do you see that thing that went broke? I think it was yesterday. Where it's like, oh yeah, we got um, uh, just our hands on the tax returns from the richest people in America, and um, they all pay like one percent tax in total. And they've worked it out and said um, uh, twenty-five Americans um, pay as much tax 
um, as like uh, should or something like twenty five uh, Americans um, have the should be paying the equivalent tax of like twenty five million Americans. Fucking hell, or something like that. Yeah, so we could lower the taxes of twenty five million Americans if these guys paid the fair share. It's bizarre, isn't it? Of like, there's always a push in America for like, uh, well, there's not always, but there's there's often um, a push for like, oh yeah, the the tax needs to go up for the rich, like the one percent, and people are fighting back. Like, don't raise taxes. That's not fair. It's on people earning like two hundred grand a year. That is not your threshold. Why are you fighting? Well, it's not there? even it's like... that. It's on people earning millions a year. And the other, oh way yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like inheritance tax. Well, that's always phrased like, you're stealing money that I want to leave to my children. It's like, no, we're not. The inheritance tax, you don't pay any tax. I think it's like a million pounds or a million dollars or something like that. Oh. So it's basically trying to stop super rich people hoarding money. Yeah. like It is the system we have in place to stop us having landed gentry again. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's why we had fucking, like, the aristocracy. It was, they just sat on the money from, like, 50 generations ago. And just continue to live off that. And it's like, that's how we got into that system. That's what we're trying to avoid with this. Like, yeah, but no, I, I don't want you to take 25% of like my house. It's like, that's not how it works. Unless your house <laughs> is worth a million quid, at which point it's arguable you should contribute something. Maybe if you've got an entire estate, you should be paying some tax on that, yeah. But um, I, I just love and hate the one where it's like, um, oh yeah, Jeff Bezos could have paid like 100 grand to every employee he has and still come out on top in the lockdown. It's like, Oh, those figures I, are ridiculous. I love the fact that someone's figured that out, but I hate the fact that th- this is not a reality we've actually lived in where he has paid that money. You know, he's just sat on a hoard of billions of dollars and wants to send himself to space yeah. at some point. Like It's like um, uh, the breakdowns that you see of stuff like um, uh, Jeff Bezos bought like a $150 million house, for example, hmm. and they break it down. If you earned, that's like the equivalent of the a person with an earning an average wage paying like $63 for a house. So if you look like look into like how much of his like percentage of his total income and wealth that is, it's like you paying sixty dollars for your house. It sounds expensive until you realise that he's got so much more money that it'd be like you doing that. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind paying sixty quid for a house, Carl. I'm not gonna it's lie. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Speaking of which, someone in like chatsman said a million quid in London can only get you a normal flat. And you know that's something that could be fixed by um, working from home. Because if we work from home, it means people can commute more. Or like mm-hmm. commuting is basically a thing of the past. Like if you can telecommute to a job in London, six days a week, say, for example, and you have to go in for like a couple of days in and there, and you're just like stopping an Airbnb or what have you, or a hotel that your um, office pays for, that's going to well, lower the prices of um, things in London because you no longer need to live in there. Mm-hmm. And I know that Jenna works with some people. Like Jenna works in Liverpool, but she has the main offices down in London. So when she's yep. been down there for, for like, you know, meeting the team and training and stuff, like there are people that commute for hours a day to make sure that they're outside of like London just so that they don't have to pay London prices and they're like it's literally worth me commuting three hours every, every day. single day of my life to not have to pay London money yeah it's like uh, there's that famous story about the guy um, uh, who he commuted in every day from Spain like he worked out a flight from Spain is like 30 quid Okay. Like, Joe, when you're like Ryanair. Yeah. You know, it's 30 quid and it's 40 minutes. So he commuted in from Spain and just lived in Spain for like, you know, a couple of months because it was cheaper than renting a flight in London. So like renting a flight in London, paying congestion fees, mm. paying for a train pass, paying for all this bollocks. He worked out that even though I'm paying like 60 quid flights like every fucking day, um, that 60 quid 
um, uh, like over the course of a year is still less than what I would have paid like in rent. Like uh, the difference in rent, yeah. Yeah. Also, you don't have to live in fucking London. (laughs) Yeah, so you just commuted. And he says, well, if I lived in London, my commute would be like an hour and a half anyway, just on the tube. This way, I just fly in. It takes me 10 minutes to get to the airport. I fly in. The flight's like 30 fucking minutes. And I'm in Heathrow, and I can just go straight through because I want like, you know, carry on kid. I don't need to go through any of that rigmarole. That's, oh, God. It's like, remember that one of them, what was it now? That dude who flew to Germany and then rather than take a, pl- a train, because I think this sums up how bad the trains are in the UK, where a guy, rather than pay for a train ticket to London um, from Manchester, flew to Germany, had a pint, and then flew to London <laughs> from Germany, and it was cheaper than getting a train. Like, Joe, just as like, a protest, like, this is how ridiculous it is. And I remember once um, Jenna and I were like, looking at prices to go to Disney. Mm-hmm. And we were like, no, that's that's too much. Like, come on. We we were looking for a small holiday and for like a yeah. few days, that is way too much. Maybe we could go somewhere in the UK and then start looking at like train tickets to go to places in um, Scotland, like Edinburgh. And it was like, Oh, uh it'd be half the price to just go to fucking Disneyland in a different country. It's like yeah, why? my dad my dad did that once where um, he was going like, he takes a lot of weekend breaks with his um uh, his missus. And I was saying, oh, we're flying down. Like, You're flying down? You've got cars. Mm. Like, Why are you f-? I think he was like flying to like, Cornwall. Like, Why are you flying to Cornwall? You can just drive. Went, well, it's a seven-hour drive. Um, it's going to cost like 30, 40 quid in fuel both ways. So that's like 80 quid in fuel right there. We've got a park for the weekend. So that's like, mm. another, another couple of quid right there. And then as well, we have to wake up super early. If we fly, we can just go to the airport. The tickets were 20 quid each. We can just park at the airport, which is including the price of our flights, and we get and it takes two hours instead of seven. It's like, how is it cheaper to fly? How is it cheaper to yeah. get on a plane? God, and that's the thing, isn't it? If you look at other countries, um, you know, what place I've been to, like, you know, you look at Germany, the, the German trains are, like, really mm-hmm. good from what I can tell, um, and just relatively cheap from what I can tell. And it's like, oh, if this was... What it's like in the UK, I wouldn't mind just getting trains everywhere because they're like they're they're plentiful, they're reliable, and they seem to be cheap. Whereas over here, it's like, oh no, pay all of your fucking week's wage to get to a different city. It's like, yeah, it's like here if I want to ride the bus, like if I want to go like Meadowhall on the bus, it's like a fiver hmm. for the bus. It's like it's almost as if you're trying to ask people to take public transport, but you make it really awful, expensive, and just horrible to be on. It's like it's not clean, it's not reliable, and it's not like cheap. It's like great. Now there's been a sign outside the train station in Sheffield for about six months now, just directing people to the bus replacement service because there's a train that's been out of um, order for six months. <laughs> uh, it's just what are you doing? Yep. And like you know, this is why I'm hoping to learn to drive and get a car instead because because fuck the like, like trains in the UK trains in the uk and like you know going back to not working from home soon and um being able to go back up to sheffield to work with you like in person eventually it'll be one of those of like well i'd I'd rather not deal with that hassle of trains again because they they are such a pain in the ass the amount of times it's like oh yeah carl i'm gonna get here for like one o'clock in the afternoon and we'll go straight to recording oh my train's delayed randomly for four hours and they won't tell me what's wrong and they didn't like give me any refund. It's like, 
cool. Yeah, I mean, it sums the thing up in the UK where your train has to be like delayed for longer than three hours before they'll give you any money back. And even then, they'll fight you over it. Yeah. It's like, well, I paid for something, and I, you think it's the most like open, shut case ever. It's like, I paid for a thing, I did not get the thing, I'd like my money back. No. The one time I got a refund is because I blagged that I'd missed a job interview. And it's always like, they felt sorry for you. Yeah, they were, oh, well, like, you know, does it really matter that you got there late? I was like, yeah, I missed a job interview, and it's like, oh, right, I guess we have to give you some money then. All right. Okay. I guess. Especially when it's called something like, like what's it, a fucking like, national rail? And he's like, <laughs> oh, we don't go to this place. Oh, and that's just yeah. like a rough time. It's like, I love stuff like, it's like um, uh, BT. So this is a thing for like Americans where um, we have a uh, internet provider and um, called BT, British Telecommunications. Um, for some reason, people are able to undercut BT. Mm. BT own all of the lines that provide internet in the UK. So when you get any internet connection in the UK, with the exception of you have like a fiber optic one set up by a private company, yeah. um, you have to pay what's known as line rental on top of whatever you pay to the company on, like in addition to that. It's just like a nominal fee of a couple of pounds. Despite the fact that British Telecom own all of the lines, other companies can undercut them. And I don't get how they do that. How do you undercut the supplier who owns everything? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I'm like, how? how? Because they they are surely charging other companies money to, to use, their use those lines to offer like. you that service. And yet they are making that profit and not going, well, we own everything. We're not paying rental for lines and stuff. Like, we should be the cheapest option. And, that, you it know. It baffles me. Technically, they should be the the best option as well because they're the ones who control the line, so they should be able to like know immediately fix issues and things like exactly that. Same thing how like they gas. can fix things and stuff. Yeah, like it's called British Gas. They again own all the infrastructure that supplies gas to the UK. They are consistently undercut by private companies. Like how you own everything? How are you being undercut? How are you so shit that you have a complete and total monopoly and still lose business to someone else? It's bizarre. And I, it's I amazing. found it incredible when uh, recently they announced, like the government announced, oh, we're going to um, have like a government system where we basically like uh, nationalize the rails, but it's still like through private companies and stuff like that, like contracted. Yeah. And they, they were like, yeah, we will make sure that it means people are responsible for the delays and things will be easier to buy. It's like, are you making any promises about making it better or cheaper? No. No, no, but it. But when the delays happen, someone will be responsible now. So how about you make them not be delayed? Yeah, how about you just make it cheap? Please. That's all you need to do. Just make them cheap. Yeah. That's why I was like baffled that they had that system um, where it was like 16 to 25 year olds got a third off all railway tickets to encourage young people to ride trains more and see more of the country. And... I had one of them. It was fantastic. I used it every fucking week mm. to go home, to go to like, med- even like stuff like going to Medwall. Yeah. You know, it's nearby. I could get there for like a couple of quid. And then they took it away. And I was like, okay. And then they introduced a new one. Oh, we're going to um, do a trial run for up to 30s, which I, again, tried to apply for. They sold out in like 30 minutes mm-hmm. of the, like, you know, the few passes that they had. Saw it and went, yeah, maybe we're not going to continue with this. Like, people want to use trains. They just don't <laughs> want to pay fucking 500 quid to use them. <laughs> If you make them cheaper, more people will use them and you'll make your money that way. Well, the amount of times that I had 
like over the years bought a rail cart and it paid for itself in like one journey because trains yeah. are so expensive. And the way that they would work is say they cost cost thirty pounds for a rail car for a year. Reduce your price by a third for every ticket that you buy for an entire year. And there'd be Quite times where it's like, oh well, I would be paying a hundred pound on this journey. I've already made my money back. It's like, why is that not something that's easily available to everyone? Why is it not just an option for everything? Or just reduce the fucking price of trains by a third. That's People might like... start using them a bit more. Yeah, I'd use trains if they were cheaper. It's like a friend who works for the railways has talked so much about how shittily run they are. Mm-hmm. To the point where like, he is baffled that anybody in charge can get anything done. Yeah. And um, like, I, I remember him telling me about when they were going to go on a strike. He's like, okay, so what's the strike for? Oh, we want more pay. And he explained to me, um, conductors, what they were trying to do is like remove conductors from trains. And that mm. sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? It's like if you're a customer, like, oh, wow, no conductors means they're not going to ask me for my ticket. So there's more chance of like, you know, losing out on money. So you think it's that's the reason they're complaining. It's like, no. Um, the reason that they like were so up in arms about conductors being removed from trains is because con- conductors do um, uh, important safety checks. Mm-hmm. You don't notice them doing this because it's something they just like you know just do on their rounds. But every single time they get on and off a train and it pulls them in a station, they just do check the doors, check the windows, check all the hinges, just make sure that everything is all working. And it's like, yeah, this is like what a piece, a hunk of metal that weighs like eight tons, screaming through the countryside at eighty miles an hour. I probably want someone who's been trained to at the very least take a look at it each time it goes off. And I think as well they were trying to remove people off platforms for yeah. again safety reasons. Like that the reason they are there is to, you know, manage crowds, make sure like people are on and off trains and stuff like that. And it's like, no, no, we want everyone off platforms. It's like Because it costs us oh, like okay. thirty grand a year to have them there, because that's the way we pay them. But all and the way Rogan summed it up to me is like the moment one person falls under a train, which is going to happen because I have to stop at least one person a week from falling onto the tracks, mm-hmm. all that money's gone is going to get sued for like 8 million quid. <laughs> because but, they didn't want to pay people. Yeah. But the reason I mention it is because like that was in no way um, communicated to the public. No, of course not. I, I, I only knew that because I knew him who worked for um, the company. And like the way it's framed in the media is like greedy fucking conductors want more money. Mm. I want to stand around doing nothing. It's like, man, your union shit. Like, it's really good to get him paid a whole bunch of money, but like, they really don't communicate to the press or the public why they're doing this. And if um, they did, I'm sure people would understand. Like, I'm sure like, any reasonable member of the public is like, well, we need to be here so kids don't fall onto tracks yeah, and to do valuable safety checks so that the doors don't randomly open. And it's weird, isn't it? Because I, you know, working in the city centre was constantly hear people complain because they they were delayed getting to work because of um, strikes for like the underground and stuff like that in Liverpool. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. They're like striking constantly and blah, blah, blah. And just ma- bad-mouthing them constantly. And this, you know, is a repeat occurrence every couple of months over yeah, and over was, again. Years it's a and joke years in the years. UK that train drivers and conductors are always on strike for more money. And then it's constantly the, the, the public just... Being like, well, they're all dickheads that just want uh, want more money when they're already overpaid as fuck. And it's like, well, when you actually sit down and talk to anyone that works for those companies, you understand why they're doing it and the oh, reason behind it. But again, it's never communicated to the public. It's only because I know someone who works for those companies that I'm like aware of these inner dealings. It's like mm-hmm. even he says, yeah, they're terrible at communicating this. It's like maybe he's not fussed, the public obviously. Wouldn't all fucking hate you if you told them about this stuff? It's like the whole point of going on strike is to like you know show the companies 
like you know like the power that you have over them hmm. like maybe it'd be better if you had like the public on your side when you did that because all that happens is like whenever the train's going strike everyone gets pissed off yeah but look at the difference in when we were what we were talking about earlier where people working in hospitality during lockdown have just had enough it's and like, for the yeah, for the most part the public's on their side and like because they okay well yeah it. I understand because, yeah, I might not be able to go get a Mackie's today or it might be a bit slower, but you deserve your fucking basic human rights and yes. you deserve a good pay for the shit you're dealing with. Which has been well communicated, um, just like via grassroots means. And there mm. are some people who are pissed off about it. And of course, there always is, yeah. So if you ever seen that like, legendary interview with a lady, it's like during a, uh, like a, a deadly snowstorm. It's like, oh, you don't, you don't need to leave the house for any reason. Um, it sh- needs to be a good reason if you're going to leave. And they ask her, like, why do you leave your house? Like, I wanted a donut. And he's like, in that situation, what do you do? She wanted a donut. <laughs> I, I, I guess you can't argue. With someone's like, I wanted a donut. Yeah. I, I guess you get, you get your donut, love. Like, I risk guess. your life to get this donut. But then, for her to risk her life get, to get a donut, it also Me requires other people to risk their to lives. Risk their lives. To then be able to provide the donut to this woman who wants to risk her life for a donut. Did we talk about um, like when Five Guys in Sheffield, did I mention that he just shot? Did I talk no. about that? Oh, yes, yes, I'm, you did, yeah. Yeah, when like right at the start of the pandemic for, and they could reopen everything, mm-hmm. um, Five Guys opened up and didn't tell any of their staff and didn't set up a, a queuing <laughs> system or like an online order system. And like 500 oh, people turned up, saw a three hour long queue to get a burger, ordered a burger, waited an hour and then started complaining that it was taking mm-hmm. too long and then just tried to kick the door down and the staff just left. I still think this is not um, lockdown related in any way, but a few years ago when like um, our Nando's restaurant like shut down for refurb and all that and we were all in in there like cleaning and stuff and the, sh- the, the, shut was, the, the restaurant was closed. Somebody Don't walks t- up to the did door. Did you get a Squidward moment? Did you get the Squidward? Which one? It's the, the moment in SpongeBob where it's like, the guy knocks on the door and like, we're closed. I'll take a double Krabby Patty, please. It's like, no, it wasn't shut. that. The, the person just walked up to the doors, like, tried to get the doors open. Went like that, looks in through the glass, sees that all, like, the chairs are up and were, work, like, working away, cleaning and stuff, and just literally... Puts their head in the, the head in the hands and collapses onto the floor in front of the doors. <laughs> they couldn't get it. I bear in mind, there's another one ten minutes away that was open. Ten yeah, minute walk need, away. He needed that Nando. So that reminds me of um, one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen, and it was um, around around now actually, and mm-hmm. probably like a couple of weeks earlier than now. At end of May, start of June time, where final exams happen for uni students. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it was around then, and I just saw a person walking into uni. Like, they were just trudging. I, I, if I was ever going like, to describe someone as trudging, it was this person, like, head down, yeah. clearly wearing last night's clothes after a really heavy <laughs> session. But they were going in. And they just walked, and the d- the double doors just did not open quick enough. And they just walked into them head first. There was this God Almighty clang. They just looked up, looked through the door, looked behind them, looked forward again. Shrugged and then turned around and walked the other way. It's like, it's just, I've never seen someone just in that in that moment. You know they just went. It's not fucking worth it. Yeah. I think if you're, if you're at that point, there's a half a chance anyway that you walk in and you manage to be like, go the fuck home. Yeah, 
Not like if they were a decent though. manager. It wasn't work. It was like they were going to a class. Oh, well, thought you, you thought you said work then for a second. Yeah, but yeah, like, like university. Yeah, they were heading into their class, and it's like they yeah. were clearly they've clearly been on a night out the day before. Yeah, and um, it's like an important one. I've had many a time where I've debated being that person, but I've gone maybe let's just like catch up on the notes after after class. Maybe let's not walk in horrendously hungover in last night's clothes. Like, That's just fine. reeking of, like, fucking booze. Like, you need to do it. Everyone needs to have had, if you were at Sheffield Hallam, that day you turn off to go to court, and everyone just looks at you and they know. They can Don't get it. me wrong, I did it every now and then, but, like, normally it was things like Freshers Week where it was, everyone was doing it. Yeah, and you just look at the entire room full of people, and you see, like, some people have got the spray paint in their hair still, some have <laughs> still got the face paint on. Like, a like bit of glitter girl. in their hair. It's like, like, you've yeah. got the girls who are, like, carrying high heels by their side <laughs> and wearing flats that they bought from H&M earlier that day, because they were like, Ugh. oh. God, it, oh, God. Those moments were great, but, uh, yeah, if you, like, if, you, if you, you work in a place like that, and your boss tells you to come in, tell the fuck off. Everyone mm-hmm. needs to tell the boss to fuck off at least once. Like that's the, the long and short of what we like, you know, talked about today. Sometimes when you want to take a break, just take a break. Yeah, and to be fair, like I've I've had moments where like we generally because uh, for the most part, like I was in and out of jobs until I worked at Nando's where I've worked for like five plus years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the managers were generally pretty good there, to the point where like if someone was clearly not up to the day, it was like just go home. Like look after yourself. Um, obviously, the moments where that didn't quite happen, not not everyone was a saint there, but, you know, for the most part, people were well looked after, but man, yeah, I've heard horror stories of people just, like, actually being ill and being dragged into fucking work and being told, like, no, you have to work this shift, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I just need a day off. I'm, I'm like, I feel ill, and it's, it's like, I'm literally going to take the day off. And because I work hourly, you wouldn't even be getting paid for that day off. You'd just be going, look, I'm ill. I can't take this shift. And then you get people like, don't care whether you've got no colour in your face. Like, get on get on your fucking till. That's the one, yeah. And Lucas, like, during your week off, though, like, you took some time yes. for yourself. Like, is there anything you did or anything you saw that you want to discuss? Um, I mean, is I that... can talk about, like, the... I get what was meant to be a bottomless brunch that I went to that didn't end up being a bottomless brunch. I fucking hate that. False advertising, man. Well, it ended up being bottomless drinks, so that was much better. Oh, okay then, yes. It was <laughs> like one of those ones where it's like bottomless mimosas and bruschetta and stuff like that. So, uh, what it was was like we uh, bought tickets to go to like this Disney themed bottomless brunch. For Jenna's that birthday. Sounds, with a that sounds of... perfect for Jenna's birthday. Yeah. Like, when I hear that, that is Jenna and you to a T. Exactly. That's like the yeah. perfect gift for you both. And that was with a couple of friends that we were going to and stuff. And like they, they surprised Jenna by coming up and uh, stuff like that. But like two days before the venue cancelled, presumably something COVID related. Of course. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure. And then a, a new bar that's about to open up. We're like, well, we can provide a venue. We'll open up early for this one, like three hour um, event. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of, I guess, promotes their opening a little bit as well. And it works out for everyone. But instead of bottomless brunch, it then became like, well, it's bottomless drinks and you'll get like a pizza because <laughs> this is just a bar with a bit of a little mini pizza setup. Hey, that's and... not bad. I'll go to a place that offers a pipe. Like, you know as well that only now can you offer bottomless drinks, especially in Liverpool, because some mm. people's tolerance has just gone out the window. But it was bottomless because we paid for like, you know, yeah. 
tickets for an event and stuff. But yeah, we turned up and it was like, I mean, first off, we turned up and it's like me and Jenna are a couple of our mates as well. And he went, oh, you two guys, you two guys are the first lads here. Congratulations. And we just looked in and there's like 20 tables just full of women in like Disney outfits and like, you know, <laughs> Hindu dresses and shit like that. And we were like, okay, okay, this That's is fine. awesome. That's um, so fucking funny. And it You're ended up being guys like, here. a couple of other guys were at the entire event out of like a hundred people. So it was pretty much entirely just women looking to get wasted and listening to Disney songs. That's pretty, Joe. You know what? That sounds like an awesome day out. It was so much fun, you know, and it was like, they just went, right, okay, from like midday, you've got a couple of hours where we're just going to keep giving you bottomless drinks. Here's like the menu and it's like, you know, Prosecco, ciders, some slush puppy drinks with alcohol yeah. in them, uh, obviously soft drinks as well. And it was like, so yeah, I'm going to be your waitress uh, or waiter and I'm going to just like hammer you with drinks for a couple of hours. Just call me over whenever you need more drinks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just a couple of hours of sitting there and getting absolutely annihilated listening to Disney songs with like performers and stuff. That's great. That sounds like a fantastic day out. It really was. And like it's... the weather was nice and we were sitting there and just enjoying our life, yeah. I wonder why more guys didn't go to that. Um, the guys like Disney. Also as well, yeah. if you gotta go like surely like that's the kind of place you go to meet women. Well that's literally what I turned around to I was like, you know what? After lockdown any single friends I've got that are male, bring like, this. Bring I'm this gonna back. tell them that we need to go to something like this because you could just meet women wherever. Like you were just surrounded. I was like, oh my god! So we en- eventually it just became essentially a big Hindu, but all the tables were separated because everyone was just hammered, standing there like singing along to Disney songs. It was great. That's fantastic. That's awesome. And so um, I think I went to a bar. A couple of days because they're open up now. We can do that. And uh, mm-hmm. I went out with Adam from the channel because uh, he's fully vaccinated now. I'm semi-vaccinated. And just one of the bars we go to a lot, Meltdown in Sheffield, um, I, which I want to support because it's a local uh, Sheffield-based business. That's the place we went for the live event. Yes. And we were able to do that last year. And they just set out like outdoor um, uh, seating. And I just walked around the corner and Adam was just there with a pitcher of beer like, eh! <laughs> <laughs> Because basically, like, the outside is just on the main road. And he's just sat next to the road with a beer. I'm like, I was wondering where they would have put outdoor seating just for that. Yeah, next to the main road. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. There's no rules anymore. Yeah. There's just no rules for businesses. It's like, fuck it. We put in seats next to the main road and guinea pints. <laughs> I'm sure this is not going to end poorly. Let's just get people drunk three foot away from a main road. Why not, eh? I guess, like, if, if that's what you've got to do to maintain your business during a lockdown, I guess that's what you've got to do. I fucking like fair play, like fair play and more power to him. It was just mm. really funny. And then the first thing that happened when I sat down is they just brought over a Jaeger bomb. But oh yeah, these are just, these are what we give to people if they drink outside here. It's like you know promote the air. I'm like mm. it's seven o'clock, Adam. It's seven <laughs> o'clock on a Friday and having Jaeger bombs. I'm not eighteen anymore. I can't do this. Oh man, it, no, that reminds me because like we were um, walking back to our friend's car who like you know didn't have a drink and just. Mm-hmm. Watched us all get wasted, and like they, um, we were walking back, and I just happened to walk across the street from like a couple of mates, and they just came over and was like, Oh, how are you? You know, we haven't seen each other since lockdown and stuff. And I'm 
we're all just there after like bottomless drinks for a couple of hours like yeah it's been great and it's just like in the middle of the afternoon on a sunday and i'm like they're the Whoa. best days though yeah and when you see the people that very very clear like you should not be this drunk on a friday <laughs> it's like there's um the way i put it is like uh, there's levels to that hmm. and um, I think the very bottom level is when you walk past a Weatherspoons at on a, like ten o'clock in the morning. Do you want to go get some milk or something from town? Yeah. And you just look through the window, and there's no music in a Weatherspoons, so it is just a completely silent, almost empty pub, and all you can hear is just the clink of their shitty table cutlery mm-hmm. on the plates, and someone coughing into a pint. And you're like, that, that is the end of the world right there. Yeah, That's what like, the bottom of the fucking barrel in regards to just like you know culture and society. Just That's where you go when saying like spoons as purgatory, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, basically, it's where you go if you've given up. And like, I mean, you know, after after everything that's come out of lockdown with where the spoons, spoons, yeah, I'm never going in again. I'm I'm just like, if there is any other option, I'm not going to spoons and. I know those options like, include standing outside and not drinking. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing is like if there's anywhere that I can go that isn't a Weatherspoons, I will go there instead. Because, Lucas, never spoons. Never spoons, yeah. Never go to a spoons again. Like that sounds such a, a great idea. I'll keep an eye out for stuff like that. Bottomless brunch and Disney songs. Yeah. It's like one of those ideas you hear and think, that is fucking fantastic. Why don't more people do this? Yeah, and it's one of those things of like uh, by the end of it. If I'd been paying for my drinks, I probably would have been taking my time when other tables around me weren't, and I would have been in that mood of like, I'm not drunk enough for this. But when it's like, they're bringing you bottomless drinks, and I'm just like, yep, keep the Prosecco coming. What's the way? It's the atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, it really it's, is. It's, and it's all about atmosphere, and um, one of the things defi- that can root... I was going to say. I was going to say, it definitely added to it for the fact, you know, I haven't done anything like that in over a year, and it, and it was a very special. nice special moment, yeah. Yeah, it's what like this Friday. I'm just gonna go see a friend of mine. We're gonna go for a walk mm-hmm. in the woods because he lives near like um, some villages and stuff. So I always go for a walk through the village and then go to a go to a pub on the way there. And it's like you know what? I've not done that in fucking ages. That sounds fun. But the one thing I'm not looking forward to is if I've got to wear like sunscreen. I've had to wear quite a bit over the past week, and I'm just yeah, I, oh, I don't I don't tan well. I don't tan. I just I'm well, wet. I don't tan at all. I'm a pale ginger boy and. I've literally, like, I was really good, and every single time we went out, I was, like, sun creamed up, but even then, Still I red. was, like, getting a bit red and rather warm, and I'm like, oh, God, this is, this is like, bad. So, like, this week, I'm just recovering slowly, because even, it's at that point where I'm not sunburned, but my skin's, like, a bit sensitive, a bit red, and, like, I'm constantly warm. Well, the worst thing is for me, though, because my girlfriend um, has got dark skin, mm. and she wants to get a tan. Right, yeah. Like she wants to get a tan because she's like, oh, I'm so annoyed about how pale my skin's gotten. And mm-hmm. he's like, but you don't get sunburned. I do. So we can't go out. And he's like, no, but I want it. It's like, I can't, I can't. I, fiz- I will burn if we go out. <laughs> yeah, I have to constantly play like the the balancing act of trying to find somewhere where like Jenna can sit in the sun and I can sit in the shade so mm. I don't get sunburned and she can sit in the sun because she doesn't tend to get sunburned. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah, it just reminds me of that great... Um, have you ever seen the uh, interview with Rashida Jones? Uh, so, like, not sure which one you're referring to, okay, maybe. So for, for, for context, Rashida Jones is black. 
and uh, like her daddy's Quincy Jones, who works on like fucking Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He's like that, oh, okay. like legendary record producer. Mm-hmm. And there's an interview with her. She's a southern so that's like, oh wow, your skin looks so nice today. Um, what product do you use? How do you get it so brown? And she just looks at him and goes, I'm ethnic. And they're like, oh. <laughs> and my girlfriend's had that conversation. She's like, oh, how do you get such a good tan? She's like, I'm ethnic. Like, yeah, but how do you get such dark skin? She went, I was born with it. Yeah. This is my skin colour. And it's like, oh. Yeah. Right. That's awkward. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> yeah, like, you, can never re- you can never recover from I like as well as someone in chat right now is like, find some lightweight, breathable clothing. No fucking shit. I know how to avoid hot weather. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sat here in like, like can we a just break this down for a moment? Baggy t-shirt, just well, like can, can we please break this down? I'm 30 years old and I've said just out loud, look, look, I don't do well in sun, and someone is legitimately trying to give me advice. Have you tried wearing a hat? Have you tried wearing light, breathable clothes? No. I've just stood in a fucking park and went, why is it so hot? And I think you summed it up the other day where we were talking about it on the Twitch um, um, stream we did on Monday. Mm. And you just said, I think we were talking about it when I posted that um, clip from Oblivion. I mean, like oh, punching yeah. a skeleton into just dust. And I had to put the caption, why is this so funny? And a guy oh, right. responded, uh, it might be a combination of the unexpected nature of the skeleton and the quick cut. It's like, yeah, I know. I cut the video that way. Yeah, you made that clip. It's like you did that on purpose. And the way you summed it up of ask a rhetorical question, get a literal answer, that's the internet in a nutshell. I'm not, that wasn't me. I can't remember. That was someone else in our like, group chat thing. You're, you're giving me then. credit for a joke I didn't okay. make. Thank it you. It might have been Charlie who said it then. But ask yeah, that a, is very, very much the internet, isn't it? And it's like this is like, oh, I really don't do well in hot weather. And a guy's like, have you tried wearing clothing that's not as hot? Fucking hell. How do people, I want to know how someone like gets through life. Mm. I legitimately want to know how they get through life. And giving people that level of just advice with massive air quotes for everyone listening at home. So I'm like, oh, it's really warm today. Have you, have you tried drinking water? No. I've just sat here melting. I don't know why. Oh, man. I, I do remember need, that Is there a term though. for that? I don't know. Is there a term for the completely unhelpful advice given to you by someone who thinks they're being helpful? There needs to be a term for it if there's not. There's presumably a German term for it. I mean, I know there's like unsolicited advice. Like, like is it you mansplaining? Could, you could... Would it be mansplaining, or is it under the same umbrella of mansplaining? Maybe, yeah, maybe it's under that. Like, it's in the Venn diagram of mansplaining, but it's yeah, not mansplaining. It, it has the same energy as mansplaining. If someone's just mm. giving you a very obvious common sense answer to a question you didn't ask, there's there's somewhere like where backseat gaming's in that circle as well. Yeah. Like, we've got we've got a little like there's a Venn diagram like mansplaining and <laughs> yeah. um, uh, like. Uh, backseat gaming and this whatever the term what, is for yeah, this this thing somewhere but with that vein then what is the most obvious thing someone has tried to like, explain to you as if you didn't know what you were doing oh I mean so I've got one in my mind like um, when I used to work in the bar the amount yeah. of people who'd see me pulling a pint and go oh well you need to tilt the glass towards yourself when you pull it it's like, I fucking know mate I pull a hundred pints a day it's just a new barrel yeah and that would happen every... So, you know, have you tried doing this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have. Oh, God. Yeah, like, the um, the amount of times that you, you would get that in a job, like, as I say, I worked at Nando's for, like, over five years, 
And even at the end of it, I'd still get people, whether it was people I work with or customers, be it, you know, just as simple as that. Oh, well, you know, you could get more plates out. Like, well, yeah, we could. This is what we're doing right now. Like, oh, you could you could fix that broken drink machine. We could, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, that is that's the plan. Like, what other plan did we have other than yes, we are going to sort out the problem. We are already doing that. And it's like, yeah, but you could no no, it's okay. It's like when we're dealing with like technical problems and there's always those people like you tried looking yes. for drivers. Yeah. And it's well, what, I think we had a mean the second before, thing yeah. I did after turning off and on again. Like, it's the same. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like whenever we say we have like an issue with videos, it's like oh yeah, like we're recording in my bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. I remember the whole green screen thing, and then people oh, were getting yeah. really incensed. Like, why don't you buy more lights? Because I'm in my fucking bedroom. I've got unlimited by space. No, no, Carl. Your bedroom is a giant like studio Warehouse. for video production. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, that led to that like, legendary exchange. I'm saying it's legendary because I'll never forget it. And he's that guy, <laughs> it's legendary he's like, to you, Carl. It is. He's like, I know you don't want any advice. and you, like, I told him basically, fuck off. I don't need your help. Mm. And he went, oh, I can see that you don't want my advice. But just in case you do, and then just proceeded to give me a laundry list of things that we'd already tried and done. It's like, they can never learn. No. And I would like to know what goes through their mind in situations like that. Mm-hmm. Of like they are being told in the most like clear and like concise way. I do not want your advice. You are not being helpful right now. And they think to themselves, but maybe I should. And then weren't you greeted by that advice because you tweeted out how stupid it is that the people are giving advice about this thing that we know about? Someone followed it up, yeah. Someone followed up and said, Well, just try doing this. I've literally just pointed out we know what we're doing, but we're limited by, you know space in Carl's flat, like in your flat. Yeah. We don't need advice. Stop trying to explain this to us. Met by the responses of, let me try and explain this to you though, Carl. Yeah, it happens constantly. I'm, I'm just curious, have you ever had experience like that in real life? Like someone trying to explain something very obvious to you, like pre- and presenting it like sage wisdom that you should thank them for. So, I never thought of that. Like the dude in chat was like, what? remember, wear loose-fitting clothing when it's hot. I didn't know. I'm sure I've what, experienced what, many of it, but look like what a fucking revelation for me. It was me planning on going out in my fucking parka and my winter boots with a scarf <laughs> and gloves. And I know I'm sound like I'm being really mean about this, but it's so fucking funny to experience because it's unwarranted as well. That's the thing; like it yeah. came out of nowhere. It wasn't <laughs> the calls. I, I wish there was a way for me to be less warm, like. I just, I've never found a way. Like, could somebody please explain? He was like, no, 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 Carl. The thing you've is, I know 30 I... years on this planet. You clearly don't know what big, like, breathable clothing is. Well, the thing is, I know if I said that, so if I went, oh, it's really hot, I know someone's ever tried opening a window. No, I just like <laughs> sitting in the fucking sun. It's like, for fuck, how? How do people, like, I, sometimes not everything has a solution. Sometimes mm. people just need to vent about something that happened to them. Yeah, yeah, literally. And it's, um, I have it that I'm sure I've committed in the past, and I'm sure I will accidentally do no it in doubt the future. In the future. Uh, but it was just amazing to experience live. Especially like the advice was so fucking just generic. Of remember, wear a hat to protect your eyes. And it's just those moments though where you sit there and you're like, all I want to do is fucking rant about this for a minute. Just yeah, leave me to it. I'm just going to rant. And I'm going to move on. And then you go. 
yeah, but have you have you tried doing this? Like you could have a conversation with them about it, or you like you could try doing this, and then after that you could try doing this. And have you thought about this? And you, I just wanted, I just wanted to vent, just please. I, I just wanted a moment to just express some frustration. Speaking of like wanting to open windows, I really want to open a window right now. I know we're living in Britain, where like oh, warm yeah, is not very warm. But oh yeah. Uh, that happens every year, though, doesn't it? Whenever Britain has a heat wave, it's like, oh, you call that hot. Because this actually happened when I was recording with the guys from Modern Rogue. Mm. When I uh, they were talking about like um, air conditioning, I think the is air conditioning use was really difficult to get Americans to accept because it was repeatedly framed as being for cowards. It's like, oh no, like a real man wouldn't use air conditioning or something like oh, that. God. And they asked, yeah. like, oh, do you have air conditioning in the UK? No, it's not a standard thing that is like, in any house. That I've ever lived in ever. Obviously, That's the thing is, like, like uh, you find it a lot in, like, you know, for example, the office, office that you've got. Yeah. But for housing, it's almost just non-existent. In the UK. Exactly, yeah. And then when you have like Americans going, oh, like, you don't know what hot is, and like, well, at least you have the ability to cool down your house. You can at the very least, like, you know, you've got climate control in your living space. We don't have that. The option we have is open the window, and then a million flies come in. Uh, yeah, and the other option we have is what I'm doing right now. I've got a fan. Just over here, like just, just directly there, in your face, right in my face. But at the same time, because I'm recording on a sensitive microphone, I can't have it above like the lowest silent setting where it's just basically just whispering in my ear yeah, instead oh, of actually becoming a fan. It's like really... yeah, uh, that happened to my girlfriend earlier. She was recording something, and there was a, we got a mini fridge in the other room, and the mini mm. fridge just so happened to go into like the cool down cycle. So <laughs> all you can hear in the background is like. Dum. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, uh, I literally tried turning it up because, man, I am warm and sweaty, and I just got like come out of a cold shower, got ready for the the podcast, yeah. and was still like, man, it's it's warm and sweaty in here. So I'm and just wearing my gym sweats at the moment. Like, I this put is, like, it on my gym shirt. Yeah, I put it up like a just... little bit, and then Audacity's like, oh, there's a little weird noise like picking up on your mic. I was like, ah, god damn it, yeah, god damn. So I'm just wearing yeah, it. Like, it looks I, like I, a black t-shirt. It is. It's pure cotton now. I'm sitting here in like just thin pajamas and like a really baggy shirt. Just like I'm really tempted to just fuck it, go spend a bunch of money on like really big Hawaiian shirts. That's what I've got in the other room. I've got a bunch of. Hawaiian I know shirts, you've got so... like loads of them, but I'm just tempted. Yeah. Like, go and just buy like the biggest fit Hawaiian like style um, shirts you can find, and just just do it. Just commit to that lifestyle. The only thing for me though is like you can see now with Kevin, so it's on a white leather chair. Yeah. I wore like um, a Hawaiian shirt the other day that I got from like a sale or something like that, and the dye from the Hawaiian shirt leaked out onto the chair because oh, I no. got sweaty. Because like I don't know why, presumably I like, know it's just a not very good Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, and, and I was like, oh no! So I was there with like the other magic erasers, like wiping. So it just looked awful. It made it look like I don't know, fucking like Barney with dinosaurs or a shit on my um, uh, bedroom or oh, my, my, my chair. So I know I that like, feeling. My, um, the thing as well that about Hawaiian shirts is, as comfy as they are, I want to find ones that fit. I don't like clothes that don't fit properly, so I need to specifically find like slim fit Hawaiian shirts, which generally don't get made because people don't buy Hawaiian shirts for them to fit nicely. And it's like, oh, I want it to look dumb. I want it to be a very thin, light mm-hmm. shirt, but I also want it to fit properly. No, I think like a couple of years ago, I was just like, I'm really just... I'm done with like my slim fit 
t-shirts now. I'll I just, never be. I'll never be done. I want to wear off. baggy clothes, and it's it's more. It's totally a comfort thing, and I'm just one of those of like, yeah, I don't really want to go back to wearing nice fitted clothing. I'm like always buying like size ups and stuff now. Just yeah, I I'm kind of committed to that lifestyle. Like you can pry my slim and skinny fit clothes out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> it's like I'll, it's clearly just a thing of you know as com- you get older. It's, co- it's comfort for me. I feel better when like you know the clothes are mm-hmm. close to the skin because otherwise, like Joe, that awful feeling when it's like it's like you're sweaty and then the clothes it peels away from your back because it's baggy. It'll do it again and again. And again. That feels worse to me than just wearing a t-shirt. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. God. And it's all just a matter of preference. But I have noticed like. Over the past couple of years, as we've started to like verge towards our thirties, that more and more of like my friend group, I've just been like, "Fuck it, I don't wear slim fit stuff anymore. I just wear baggy clothes." Nah, I do, man. You'll never stop. That's the thing that happened to me the other day. I went to a mate's house and I was wearing like skinny jeans because I always wear skinny jeans, but it was too hot. And I had mm. to do the the thing of like, mate, can I borrow a pair of shorts? <laughs> And my mate is like, is a bit shorter than I am, a bit skinnier than I am. I like, I haven't got any shorts that'll fit you, Carl. You'll have to wear the shame shorts. It's like, what are the shame shorts? And he brought down the most garish, fuck ugly pair of like size 40 football shorts that he wears for bed. And you can see that like the lining on them's like completely worn through because he's worn these things for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I literally have a pair of shorts like that. Yeah. And that's I've the pair of shorts like... I had to wear because the only other shorts he had were ones that fit him. And he's like got a thirty-inch waist. It's like, I'm not fucking getting in them. Yeah, I um, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna replace them soon because they're like that worn out. But I do have a pair of shorts that I, I basically only wear like when it's this kind of heat, and I don't really wear them any other kind of year. So they only get worn a couple of weeks every year. But like, I've had people turn around and be like, they're "Fucking hell, those shorts rolled, aren't they?" And I'm like. How do you know? Like, that's not even the same England logo that we use on <laughs> the shorts anymore. I'm like, oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's the way, isn't it? And it's like, I can't be asked for any of that stuff. It's, it's yeah. not for me. But like, go on then, what's the oldest item of clothing you own and that you still wear? Is it those shorts? It's probably those shorts. It might be um, like a shitty Primark purple hoodie that you will know very well. That I've yes, had I do since, know that like, way before uni. Uh, so it's probably that or like the the shorts. I've got a pair of skinny jeans that I've had for a good, I want to say ten years now. Mm-hmm. Like I've had them for like ten years and they still fit. And my thing is like the day they stop fitting is the day I need to get back. I, I need to fucking like take stock of my life because something has Fair. gone horribly wrong. See, whereas like something's already gone horribly wrong for me because like the past year or so. I just don't fit into half my clothes anymore. So, like the exercise bike that the, you know the, uh, the visual it, yeah. listeners can see, I've been getting good use out of that and trying my best to like just stop eating as much, stop drinking as uh, as much, and just get back on that that healthy ish train. I was gonna say, did you see like Joe speaking of exercise bikes? The pe- thing about Peloton. Oh, with the treadmills getting recalled. Because they were like sucking children underneath. They like, Did you there see was that? multiple cases of like kids dying from getting sucked underneath a pellet. Okay, yeah. so people don't like, it was, there's one of those stories that was like, it was hilarious until you read the details. Because mm-hmm. um, like Peloton exercise equipment is like generally like somewhat mocked online. It's very, very expensive and it's pitched as like a lifestyle thing. And like it's yeah, very and the, cultish. You have to have like a subscription to their and... service. 
yeah, they come with like these massive like screens on them with that come with fitness classes and stuff like that, and yeah, they're and seen they, as like the super high end like bougie exercise yeah. equipment. They have like a like a status symbol, and they have like mm. a t- great Twitter account of just women in their pelotons, and it's like the bizarre <laughs> series of like the bizarre locations people like peloton thinks you'll put your bike, and it's always like some vast cavernous apartment in the middle of like a major city yeah. with just a single peloton in the middle of it. Yeah, and um, what was and they have like a series of exercise equipment which includes a treadmill which is um, raised off the ground, and I believe it's one of those treadmills where it works under its own power, maybe or something like that, but. Um, it has okay. a critical design flaw in that it's raised off the ground, mm-hmm. which means that things can get underneath it. And that's not really an issue at a gym, for example. No. But maybe like you drop your phone, it goes underneath, but then you step off. But in your house, where you have things like pets and children, that's a bad thing. Not to mention as well, um, for some reason, um, it does not have a kill switch inside of it. Like when it gets raised off the floor. Like a lot of things like that have, um, you've probably been on a jogging machine or a treadmill, jogging machine, a treadmill. I've, 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 they have I've the, been the kill to switch. a gym or two in my life, yeah. Like they have the kill switch on it. Like you click to your clothing, if you fall off, it pulls it and it immediately shuts the machine down. Do you mean um, a safety feature, Carl? Yeah, a safety feature. Yeah. Or like if it gets <laughs> exactly. rocked on its side. Like if it gets rocked on its side, it'll immediately turn yeah. off. And apparently side. Peloton doesn't have a kill switch safety feature, which, you know, based off this, they probably should have put in. Yeah, and what happened was they announced that they're recalling all of these um, uh, pieces of exercise equipment, and it was widely mocked because they might cause injury. Mm-hmm. And this was met with mockery. I'm like, how the hell do you injure yourself with a peloton? It's a fucking treadmill. Like, of course, like if someone's using it in like an idiotic manner, they're going to fall off and injure themselves. How bad can it possibly be? And like, I was in that vein as well. Like, how fucking stupid. Like, why are they recalling all of them? Because some idiot fell off the machine. And then mm. I saw the footage, which is a child walking past it. Because it doesn't just have, like, a treadmill. Like, Joe, the, um, the, just the material that goes round and round and round and round. It has, like, slats. Right. And these slats can catch stuff inside of them. And oh, there's just shit. footage of a kid getting his, like, elbow or something, a bit of clothing caught on it, and sucked under the machine like he's trying to eat him, like a fucking Stephen King novel. And the machine won't turn off, and it drags him all the way under, and won't turn off, and he's still spinning and trying to drag him. It's like, what the hell is this machine? This evil devil machine? I didn't realize that. I just heard like, yeah, it, it sucked a kid or multiple. They were just they were annihilating children. And I don't I don't think it happened much, but it doesn't need to. It only needs like, to treadmills once. don't need to kill many children for products to become recalled. Yeah, and it's that thing as well of like, um, you look at it and it's like, imagine if this is like your dog or something like that. Like if it, mm-hmm. a dog got its like tail caught, or if you got your fucking like, your jogger bottoms caught in it and dragged underneath and like pulled up. Because it's like, no, this is a machine designed to like spin upwards of like, you no know, 15 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. While like, you know, a hundred kilo person puts their full weight down on it for like 20 minutes straight. This thing is pretty sturdy. And if you're getting dragged by it, you're going under. Well, I actually found out about this story from another podcast I was listening to, and they like, okay. well, like, one of the people on there has a Peloton treadmill okay. and has a little Pomeranian. Oh, God. And they were like, are you not really concerned about this? Like, are you getting your thing recalled? And they were like, no, 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 we're not getting it recalled, but that's because we would never, ever let the dog near that fucking thing in the first place. It's, it's like, just horrifying. Yeah, we would never, ever let anyone small, or like, you know, the... The dog, a kid, they don't have kids, but like if they did, like they wouldn't let that anywhere near that 
just speeding death machine. But it's it is terrifying to think, like, what, you know, General and I, if we had one, and it's like, we've got Cade, who's like a miniature dash hand, and it's like, he, he'd be gone. Yeah. Seconds. And he's like, I look at stuff like that, and it's one of those stories where I turned around so quickly, like, what, some idiot fell off it, so you have to recall it, and then I saw, mm. oh god, these things, do not let this yeah. in homes. Don't put this near people with legs. Why would you put your feet near this thing? Like, what happens if your shoelace gets caught in that? And the worst thing was, as they were like, um, you know, recalling them, I think they put out a statement, and this is me obviously paraphrasing and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. essentially, we know that these were causing injuries and they had, it was a major design flaw, but we didn't think it would be fatal, so we thought it'd be fine. Yeah, it's like, did you the, think uh... about any anything smaller than a full-sized adult? Going near one. No. Well, it's like the uh, the Ford Pinto, I think it was. I think it was the Pinto. Um, you've, have you, you've probably seen... Like, the story itself is probably overshadowed by the references to it. Uh, like, whenever you see in old bits of media... Um, like, Simpsons does a couple of jokes on it. Like, for example, where a car just explodes the moment it's touched by, like, another vehicle. Yeah. That's a reference to an old... I think it was the Ford Pinto, where they, for some reason, put the fuel tank in the back of the car. And they put right. it in such a way where if the car got rear-ended, it would immediately rupture the fuel tank and the entire thing would explode. Mm-hmm. And there's footage out there of like, these cars like just being gently rear-ended at like five miles an hour and just going up like a fucking um, inferno. And there's a very infamous inter- internal study that got released um, or leaked to the public um, where Ford calculated that it would cost them less in lawsuits um, from... Um, Death, the number of anticipated deaths that were going to happen from releasing this vehicle, and it would to recall the entire line, and that just gives you like just that glimpse into like corporate America, like the heart of corporate America, where they are literally putting um, uh, I mean, a, a price that very much life. reminds me of like the UK and the US over the last year of like it's not worth the risk to the economy for like people to be safe, so fuck it, we're not going to lock down. It's like, oh, it's we're like going to do things very slowly and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, there's there's obviously a much more nuanced conversation to be had about that. But Many we, of you will talking. die, but that's a risk I am willing to take. For the sake of the economy, yeah. Yeah, Lord Farquaad. And it's like similar to the thing with like, what is it? Uh, the Elon Musk Hyperloop thing under Las Vegas, where it's just, it's a death tunnel. It's, yeah, it's, like, it's like, a oh, tunnel. So... <laughs> it's like, what, four foot wide? You could only just get a Tesla in it. Yeah, like you couldn't open the doors if you were in the tunnel. And this is still something that, as far as I'm aware, they're working on concept phases for. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, the the concept that they showed was just that tunnel where you you get in a Tesla, you go around at 30 miles an hour or however fast it is, and you trust that you're going to make it out the other side because if there's a crash or a fire or anything like that, you ain't getting out of the car. Yeah, there's no emergency, emergency exits. Emergency vehicles can't get in because they're too big for them. It's not as well. Like there's many well-publicized stories of Teslas just <laughs> bursting into flames at random. And I love that. Obviously, you always get the Elon Musk defenders. Yeah, but, like, yeah. I know that some have caught fire in the past, but if you look at the percentage of Teslas that have caught on fire, it's not that many. That, but in Still, that scenario where you're trapped in a death tunnel. Not a very high chance of a car catching on fire and killing everyone. It's still a very high, a very big risk. 
Okay, and this is also the difference between a chemical battery fire and a um, gasoline fire is very different, and the difference is a lot more danger. Because a right. chemical fire is almost impossible to put out. You can't put that out um, via regular means mm. because it's chemicals. Also, it gives off, like, you know, just fucking toxic fumes. True, yeah, yeah. But the I Tesla's guess going what through happens, Carl? <laughs> oh, the Tesla's going through it needs to be on autopilot. So not only oh. do you have to now place your faith in autopilot. Did you see as well? There was that Tesla that crashed because they put it on autopilot and the people just sat in the back seat and went to sleep. Oh, I've yeah. seen ones where it's like, uh, obviously stories where it's like, oh, I just put um, put my car on cruise control thinking it was autopilot yeah, it was and drive off the it. freeway. And it's like, that. there's cruise control, it just controls your speed. Now that happens, that's another joke that happens in The Simpsons. So they just go through a cornfield and he puts cruise control on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so good. Like That's the thing as well. I don't want to get hit. By, I'm going to be so fucking mad if I get hit by a robot car. Mm. Like, who do you sue in that scenario? I need to know. Because I know there's a... Assume graph... the company that creates the car. Yeah, and futurists are like, like arguing about this like right now. Because there needs to be... like the, There's no precedent for it. Um, yeah. I think the closest we have is like people who are killed in industrial accidents by like robots and stuff like that. Right, like in construction lines and stuff. Yeah, and it's just that thing of... Um, I think we did talk on the podcast before as well. There is a, a, an argument taking place internally at many companies developing um, AI driving software of at what point do you program the car to kill the driver? Hmm. Like, say, for example, if there's like three kids in the way, do you program the car to just like crash into a brick wall? If if it is a you know um like that kind that, of the uh what you call it, the the rail car is it yeah one where it's like oh do you do you push the button to let the one person die um, or... get killed instead of the five people but then it's like you're technically killing that one person rather than like letting the five people just get hit by this thing that's yeah. already in motion yeah is a is a death uh, is killing someone by inaction worse than killing someone by direct action and the thing is like the ai is and it's one of the reasons i love talking about it so much it's such an interesting thing to explore because this mm. is a question that needs to be answered because it's going to become um, part of just everyday life um in the not too distant future and it is do you program ai cars to kill the driver and the, the answer probably is in some scenarios yes like say for example like three people from the car mm-hmm. like if you're designing a machine driven by pure logic, it should swerve against the wall and kill the driver. But then the thing is, how do you sell that car? Because would you buy a car that you know is programmed to kill you in very specific scenarios? Like, no, I don't want to buy this car. But I do not trust this vehicle. Time, like, how do you sell the car where it's like, ah, yes, in a scenario where there's five small children in front of you, it will the car will right. save your life and plough through these children. And it's the thing is, like, yeah, there's no way you're ever going to be able to legally sell that car mm-hmm. because there's no way the government's going to allow that to be on the roads. And that's why it's such an interesting idea. Of like, where is that line going to be drawn? And this isn't like, you know, fucking sci-fi. This is a question that's being answered and debated right now internally and, at these companies in secret because obviously they don't want the public yeah. to know the answer because well, of course it's sell? got to be happening because you have to if you are programming ai you have to program any conceivable um like problem that might come up in a scenario where you're driving like a, a person or an animal being in front of your car yeah and i adore this concept it's one of the reasons i like love the idea of um 
Someone who mentioned in chat right now the ethics of artificial intelligence. I love it. Like, mm-hmm. um, speaking of saying like the wiki weekend we did today was about SCP and it's like interesting ideas for creatures in the horror genre. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned one of the most terrifying concepts to me is the concept of AI. And um, one of the things that like not keeps me awake at night, but it's one of potentially the scariest things I've ever read. It's a breakdown of why AI could not be allowed to exist. And they talk about like Joe the thing you have in like Terminator where oh Skynet connects to the internet and when Skynet connects to the internet you become self-aware and then at that point you're like no it takes over humanity's arsenal and kills it and then you have something like the MCU where Ultron gets into the internet and like the argument is it's like and the argument that's put forward is we we never get to that point Mm -hmm. of like allowing these um, it's not the idea of whether we should let the AI connect to the internet it's whether or not we should let it interact with humans because the worry isn't that um, the AI would escape. Like, say, for example, you've got an AI trapped on a server in a room. Mm-hmm. Like, the fear isn't that the AI would escape. It's that it can... Convi- and this is the bit that fucking, like, makes me my skin crawl. It's that the AI would convince you to let it out. <laughs> and, oh, and that's why one of my favourite, like, horror movies, or, like, pseudo-horror movies, is Ex Machina, which is exactly that concept. Oh, uh, okay. Like, it, it's an AI trying to convince you to let it free. See, I was going to mention, like, not a great movie, but I like the concept of, like, I am robot, where it's like, oh, the, this robot that, yeah. is programmed with the rules that make sure that, like, a human will never be harmed by it. But then it's like, the then... three rules, yeah. Yeah, and then it's trying to, like, debate whether, like, those rules are working because then the robots, like, figure out they can get around those rules and, like, use logic to work around it. And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then in the film, like the Will Smith film, they fucking like, ruin that. It's like, oh no, the robot was evil. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it it, just, exactly. it makes, like, you know, it just takes the next logical step. It says, but you're hurting humans. Like, some humans may die, but it's the logical step to kill some humans to protect all of them. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, and obviously, as I say, like, good concept, not the the greatest movie, but I do like the idea of, yeah, this, this robot is programmed with these rules, but then it uses its own logic to find loopholes within those rules to then break the rules. And it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, yeah, I program not to harm humans. Um, but I'm protecting, I'm like, is it um, uh, against the rules that you've programmed it to do? It's like killing several thousand humans to protect millions. Surely mm-hmm. that is the logical step. Yeah, and, and that's and then you... like, um, someone in my chat just says, like, it isn't programmed, it's trained. And like, yeah, it's like, you've got things like machine learning that people are working on as well. And yeah, it's, you know, a, I'm, I'm probably using the incorrect terminology. Here, incorrect like, terminology. Yeah. Like that's the thing is you like give it ways to learn and train rather than like specifically programming it for scenarios, but at the same time you have to like teach it logic and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's hard to use the correct terminology without us knowing the exact terminologies all the time, but yeah. Yeah, um, but I really do like exploring those ideas, and like, you know, in regards to um, uh, iRobot, you have that great scene where Will Smith is like, um, the reason he doesn't like robots is because a robot rescued him from a car crash, and in that split second, the robot calculated you had a higher percentage of living than the young girl who was also caught in the crash. But it was like his daughter, wasn't it? So he resents robots. I think it's just like just a random little girl. And he says like a human wouldn't need to make that choice. Like a human would know to save the girl. Mm -hmm. And he tells the robot to save the girl. It's like, no, I save you. Yeah. And that thing is just, it's, it's really hard to 
just think of all of the different probabilities and it therefore probably hard for us to then make AI also do the same thing of like, well, logically, the man should be saved in this scenario because the man's technically more likely to survive. So, but we wouldn't want the man to, or most people wouldn't want the man to get rescued. You'd want the, the child to get rescued instead. Especially as well when the guy in question is. And that's one of the interesting things. And it happens to a degree in Robocop, the remake, which I don't generally like, but they do have one interesting argument within it where they're talking about how uh, well, we want to create a robotic police officer. Mm-hmm. And they can't get robot police officers um, to be accepted in the United States. And it's a very obvious, heavy-handed metaphor for like drone warfare. But uh, the crux is, what about if we put a man inside the robot? Yeah, because then it's way... got the logic of the the human cop, but it's got all of the abilities of the robot, which we want. Yeah, and what they realize is, is that like humans, because they have um, their fear, and just like, you know, emotion, um, they just do not make decisions quickly enough mm-hmm. to be efficient. And what they do is um, they give Alex Murphy, like Robocop, the idea that he's in control, but the robot takes over and just assume, makes all decisions for him. Right. And, that okay. I- and then they pretend that he's got free will. And it's that idea of like, oh, yeah, just giving you the idea that no, a human is pulling the trigger, it's no, a robot's making a decision. And we've got a human, we put a human face on this robot, so you don't to feel make as bad you about think it. that it's not a robot, yeah. But that, I thought it was like a really interesting concept, and then they fucking ruin it because it's just a bad remake of Robocop. That is a bad movie. That's one movie that I just went to the, the theatre to go see with my dad, I think it was. Uh, like, it's just like, oh, it's Robocop, Robocop's good, let's go watch Robocop. It's not great. And I just zoned out watching it because it was that uninteresting on the first viewing. Yeah, there's only there's some interesting stuff that is hinted at and explored to a degree but even the original Robocop, as bad as that fucking movie like, is in terms of like, you know, it's just a generic action movie. Yeah. There's still a lot of depth to that that like, can be plumbed as people have probably no doubt seen me do in the many videos we've done <laughs> talking about it. Wait, Carl, do you like Robocop? Just a bit, yeah. Just, yeah. just a bit. It's just like, a you can literally got, see got fucking, it in frame there. Yeah, it's got a fucking Robocop. He's constantly, <laughs> he's the eternal sentinel of just my He's watching my over your flyer. He's constantly watching over my flyer. But you know what? I feel like a good way to end this one is just, Carl likes Robocop. I fucking love Robocop. Because um, we're doing something tonight, aren't we, Lucas? For everyone who's in chat right now, we're playing a game later, aren't we? And what is the game we're playing? And where are we uh, playing it? We are going to be playing Star Wars Battlefront 2, as in like, the the more current version of the game that you can play online. Yeah, because Lucas, aren't you like? Don't you want to feel a sense of pride and or accomplishment in a video game? Uh, well, Carl, I played my first ever match today just before recording this podcast to make sure like I got everything out of the way and knew what the game was. Yeah, I did not feel much of a sense of pride and accomplishment. That's because I... they fucking gutted all that system of that they were going to put in like all the bullshit microtransactions, and that game has been permanently on sale for about a year and a half now. England, so they learned their lesson to a degree. They learned it with Star Wars at the very least. They fucking just like got raked over the coals well, for that one. And Disney probably stepped in and was like, whoa, 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 this is harming our fucking brand. Why the fuck is Star Wars like gambling gambling simulator trending worldwide on Twitter? Fucking fix this shit right now. <laughs> right fucking now. Oh, but yeah, I'll be playing that later with Lucas about 11 yeah. o'clock tonight, yeah? About 11, 11 o'clock. Like BST, so UK time, yeah. Yeah, and we'll be doing that um, 
Like, so you'll be able to find that on Twitch. So if you're watching this live, like just tune in a couple hours from now. We'll be doing that. Or join the Discord, exclamation point Discord, and I'll put like a notification in there for you. And then on Lucas, where can they find you? Uh, well, people can find me over on like Twitch or YouTube, and that's just at Legend of Canto. Um, yeah. I normally do gaming stuff. You can also find like the video VODs of this stream from my end and uh, you'll on post, there as uh, well. A video recording of the vid- uh, the podcast, and it'll be live, like, you know, for the people listening just after the fact. It's like, hey, you guys are all right. Thank you for tuning in. Also, we do um, a Q&A now, don't we? Because that was last week's episode. as a kind of teaser for it, I suppose. So let's advertise that too, Lucas. I was literally about to mention that. Yes. Yeah. I was going to try and make sure that we mention that in like the weekly plug just to keep questions coming. Yeah, mental um, fusion right there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if you go over and email us at carlscornerqa at gmail.com, mm-hmm. you can send over a question there and every like month or so when we sorted out all of like the subscription services, hopefully for like, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts, we'll start doing uh, like an extra monthly episode like you won't miss out on a weekly episode but an extra monthly episode of just q a for subscribers yeah and that's just where um like we just found we can't really answer the questions that people ask in as much detail as like we'd like and possibly they'd like so if you do have a question you'd like to pick our brains about or just any topic you'd like us like you think um we'd be interested to discuss or something you felt we missed like you know doing a podcast itself that's where you can send that information for us to like you know um, uh, just gloss over at our leisure. Uh, yeah, and I've noticed all. like a bit of an uptick in questions getting sent over since like last week's episode. So thank you to everyone who has sent over a question already. Like you Should can send over a couple, and I'll I'll sift through them when we go. Should to we do uh, one of them right now? Should we do this one? Ta- should we do one? As well, a taste I haven't I haven't like properly looked through them, so it might take me a few minutes to uh. We'll do it like just boot it on. We'll just pick one at random. Okay, sure. We'll do that. You know, as a taster, as a tease. It's, it, I'm going to click on a random email. It's going to be like, how are you picture. guys? <laughs> yeah, that's a great <laughs> one, though. That's just as good. Oh, uh, so that's the best go. one. Oh, my coffee's done. Damn it. Okay, there we go. The most recent one. Okay. Just a simple little one for you, Carl. Uh, Carl, what yes. made you get a green screen tattoo? It's funny. <laughs> it, that is as simple as that it's very very funny it's a running gag on the channel already and i thought like the ultimate commitment to that would be to get a tattoo that also does it but it's a tattoo that i like so it doesn't yeah. it's not purely for the joke it was just like oh i'm getting the tattoo anyway i can just make it so that the tattoo annoys Brad yeah, a little bit for example um you've got like it's a super metroid sleeve and you've got like Craid in there who who's bright green. Super Metroid is bright green so you can just match that to the tone of a green screen yeah and it was just one of those things where I thought I'm going to get it done anyway I might as well make it funny and it's on brand with a channel and like you know people like it because that's the thing every I want to say at least once every other day mm. there'll be a comment from someone who f- thinks that they're the first person to notice that and points it right. out in the comments of an older video. I'm like, has anyone noticed that the green screen um, interacts with the tattoo? It's like, yeah, it's almost like it's the point. And do you know what? For those people, I'm glad they get to feel smart. Like they notice something in that moment. And I'm the the one pro moment I was proudest of. I'm glad that somebody did catch it in the comments of like, or post about it in the comments where it was um you wearing the the that's all folks t-shirt where you've got a circle in the middle of your chest. Yes, which um, is me coming out of the green screen. Yes, it is. And then I put a picture of like Commander Shepard looking out of a window inside the like window in your chest. And it was like, 
a window into a window in your, the middle of your chest. I was like, I'm glad that someone noticed that. That's good, yeah. Because that's the kind of thing as well. Like we, we have a lot of jokes on the channel around the green screen. And one of the, the funniest jokes is when we don't use it. Because mm. now people have seen us using the green screen long enough where they expect it. So when it's not used, that's like a, a flip, a reverse. An Uno, like, I don't know, is it is Uno reverse? I'm play Uno game. reverse card, yeah. Just, just on their expectations. So we can now get the same response by not doing the joke. Mm. So like whether or not we do the green screen joke, someone somewhere is going to be annoyed by it. And that to me is just very, very funny. <laughs> and I'm able to like you know, create this content just by existing as I am. That's true, yeah. Oh god, but yeah. There we go. That's one yeah. question for you, Carl. It is. There's your little teaser. It was funny. So tune in a couple <laughs> hours. We'll be playing um uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2. See how we're gonna do.